From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Once again, we count it a privilege to welcome you to another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, presenting a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought taken from the pen of the great 19th century English preacher C.H. Spurgeon and found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Today's devotional is entitled, Grow Up. The text is Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2. And ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Yes, when the sun shines, the sick quit their chambers and walk abroad to breathe the fresh air. When the sun brings spring and summer, the cattle quit their stalls and seek pasture on the higher alps. Even thus, when we have conscious fellowship with our Lord, we leave the stall of despondency and walk abroad in the fields of holy confidence. We ascend to the mountains of joy and feed on sweet pasturage which grows nearer heaven than the provender of carnal men. To go forth and to grow up is a double promise. O my soul, be thou eager to enjoy both blessings— Why shouldst thou be a prisoner? Arise, and walk at liberty. Jesus saith that his sheep shall go in and out and find pasture. Go forth, then, and feed in the rich meadows of boundless love. Why remain a babe in grace? Grow up. Young calves grow fast, especially if they are stall-fed, and thou hast the choice care of thy Redeemer." Grow then in grace and in the knowledge of thy Lord and Saviour. Be neither straitened nor stunted. The Son of Righteousness has risen upon thee. Answer to his beams as the buds to the natural sun. Open thine heart, expand, and grow up into him in all things. Astonishing mercy and power In accord with His pleasure and will He created each planet, each flower Every galaxy, microbe and Suspended this planet in space. 
of this increasingly secularized and materialistic society, multitudes of men, women, and young people seem to have forgotten that they have immortal souls, and that one day they must stand before a holy God and face the ultimate judgment. Despite every effort to banish the reality of death from the mind, the Word of God declares, "...it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment." How can a person be ready for that awful day? Is there a way to face God without fear? 
The great 19th century preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon answered this question in a powerful sermon entitled, Preparing to Meet God. Let the Bible Speak now offers a booklet published by the Trinitarian Bible Society, which contains this vital message under the title, Preparing to Meet God. In addition to the sermon text, the publication contains a brief biographical sketch of Spurgeon's life, as well as a schedule for reading the Bible through in a year, all contained in an attractive, conveniently sized booklet. To obtain your copy, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of Preparing to Meet God, and we'll be happy to provide it. As Dr. Cairns continues this series of studies in the person and work of the Holy Spirit, he continues a message called The Effect of the Unction of the Spirit Upon the People of God. The text is found in 1 John chapter 2, verses 20 and 27, where the Christians are spoken of as having an unction from the Holy One. This unction, or anointing, produces a number of important effects in the life of the believer. The first effect is authority— or that which enables the Christian to serve the Lord with power. The second effect is enlightenment. By the Holy Spirit's activity, believers are enabled to go to the Bible for themselves and to be instructed in the things of God. Then this unction produces establishment in the believer. It demonstrates our connection with Christ, who also had this unction. Also, it shows the reality of our faith and keeps us from falling away. Now, Dr. Cairns continues this message, The Effect of the Unction of the Spirit Upon the People of God. I was reading an old Irish Presbyterian minister. I would to God with a few like him in Irish Presbyterianism today. And uh, he was speaking on each Christian being a prophet, a priest, and a king. And speaking of a Christian as a king, he said he maintains 
a controversy with the Lord's enemies and acknowledges no authority but his. I like that. That's the kind of kingship I believe in. There is a, a new theology going about today. I'm not going to get into the philosophy of it this morning. I have some things in it that I admire and I have many things in it that I fear. But the whole notion of dominion and reconstruction seems to me to be uh, in terms that are far from gospel terms and scriptural terms. The kind of dominion that a Christian needs to start exercising is spiritual dominion. And when he has spiritual dominion, God will use him even in the physical realm and in the political realm and in every other realm. God will make an impact through men who have spiritual dominion. And I want to say that this dominion needs to start being exercised in the church. We'll see this as we go on. It needs to be exercised first against our own sin. We need to have a controversy with our own flesh. My, we're living in such ease. Uh, we just capitulate to the flesh so easily. It is time for the people of God to realize we have an anointing as kings to have a controversy with our own sins. It's very easy to have a controversy with somebody else's sins. It's very easy to have a controversy with somebody else's failures. My friend, there is a time, and I believe it has come, when God's people would do well to recognize as kings and priests unto God, we need to be upon our knees to be claiming victory over the old man, over the old lust, over the old flesh, over the mind of the flesh and the motives of the flesh. God would truly give us that holiness of life that is well becoming to the people of God. Then, of course, we need to have a controversy with the Lord's enemies who have risen up within the peel of the professing church. We need to have a controversy with every antichrist. We need to have a controversy with every denier of Jesus Christ. We used to say back in Northern Ireland, we were just, and still are, numerically just a very small percentage of the population. But we used to say, when an enemy of Jesus Christ comes to this town, when he comes to blaspheme Jesus Christ, we recognize his civil and religious liberty. He has the right to think under the law as he wishes to think. But we do not accord to any apostate the right to take the name of Christian and come into a so-called Christian church and blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ and drag that holy name in the gutters of his own vicious imagination and we will be there to bear witness against him. When any enemy of Christ comes, we want to be first against him. That's a good model. This is a day of spineless Christianity. Oh, it's all right to get worked up over a political candidate. That's all right. 
It's all right to give your time and your effort and your money, even sometimes to millions of dollars, to put a man in the White House. Or sometimes even to put a man to spend his time at his bar, uh, at the bar in the Congress. It's all right to do that. It's all right even to get yourself worked up into a mad frenzy over a football team. That's why most churches are half empty when it comes to Super Bowl night. It's all right to do that. But when the Pope comes, oh, don't say a word against the Pope. Even though he takes the names that belong to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, don't say a word against him. Even though he takes the precious sacrifice of Christ and blasphemes it, don't say a word against him. Even though he is the devil's instrument to try to damn some 600 million souls across the world in his own communion and millions besides, don't say a word against him. This is a day of spineless Christianity. I tell you, it's time we recognize we have an anointing and we have a right and an authority and a duty to have a controversy with the Lord's enemies. As the prophets, the priests, and the kings anointed by the Lord. The first great effect of the anointing then is empowerment. It gives us divine authority. What a joy that is. When you know you have God's authority for what you're doing, it doesn't really matter who says don't do it. That's our empowerment. You have an unction. You have an authority. The second effect of this unction is enlightenment. There is a peculiar emphasis upon the mind of the Christian when the unction is mentioned here in 1 John. Verse 20, ye have an unction from the Holy One and ye know all things. Look at verse 27. The anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you and ye need not that any man teach you. You can see that there is a knowledge, an enlightenment, spiritually, that John is referring to. In 1 John 5 and 20, he says, We know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true. Now, that is a critical text. I think it explains a lot here. This anointing enlightens the mind. It gives spiritual sight. It gives the faculty of sight. I want you to understand this. The faculty of spiritual perception does not come with education. Now, I'm going to show you in a minute, this is not a text that is against education. Far from it. Presbyterians have always been to the fore in church history in arguing for an educated Christian ministry. So we are not saying uh, that uh, there's no place for education, but I want to tell you this. 
you can learn Greek and you can learn Hebrew and you can learn hermeneutics and you can learn theology you can learn everything that any course of study can teach you it will not give you a spiritual understanding of the word of God yes an ungodly man can learn off the words of the whole New Testament he's still in darkness until when? until he receives an anointing Till he receives the Spirit of God. The psalmist David said in Psalm 36 and verse 9, In thy light we shall see light. We can never get away beyond that. In God's light we see light. If the light that is in man be darkness, how can they see anything? And I want to tell you that the light of human reason is darkness. The light of the mind that is at enmity with God is darkness. There is no way that darkness can penetrate the light. The light must penetrate the darkness. You've received the Holy Spirit. You have an unction. And that gives you an enlightened mind. Now when he says this, and some people have taken this, and there are strange people who come into the church at times. They used to say there's no people like God's people. Well, that's true in more ways than one. Uh, you get strange notions coming in. And they take this verse, ye know all things. There you are. That's it. I know it all. And you, you need not that any man teach you. There you are. I remember one couple, they didn't need to go to Bible school because, well, don't need any man to teach us. But you know, this is not a statement of absolute independence from human teachers. Otherwise, it would be contradicting what John himself was doing, for he was teaching them, wasn't it? Not only so, but it would be an absolute contradiction of what Paul said in Ephesians 4 verse 11, concerning the gifts that there is in Christ is given to his church, he gives some teachers. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. This is not a statement of absolute independence of all uh, human instrumentality. But I want you to watch it carefully. It is giving us the right of every Christian to go to the Word of God for himself. And then to subject Every man's teaching to what the Word of God says. That's Bible Christianity. That is Bible Protestantism. I get a little worried at some movements that I find resurfacing in evangelical and even fundamental churches nowadays. Where the pastor wants people to believe what he says because he is their spiritual authority. I want to tell you, my friend, that is popery. And I don't care who says it, it came from popery. It has no place in a Bible-believing church. I do not say to you on any one thing, I am your spiritual authority, therefore believe what I am telling you. The heart of Bible Christianity is the freedom of the individual believer's 
for God, to be commanded by God, to be instructed through the Word of God. Then so far as what I say is scriptural, then you had better believe it and you had better obey it on the authority of God, not on mine. In so far as what I say is contradicted by Scripture, I tell you, believe the Bible and obey the Bible. The right of every Christian to go to the Bible. Now I said when you would set out to witness, the devil would try to tell you, well, you're not educated enough to do this. He's a liar, and you've got the Holy Ghost. You're educated enough to witness. Now it may do you good to get more education, but still... You have the right to witness. The devil would like to tell you that uh, you're not educated enough to go to the Bible for yourself. This is a worrying development, again, in many fundamentalist churches. Where people believe what they're told just because they're told it. Sometimes it's not the pastor's fault. It can happen in this church. The people simply believe what I say because I say it. I want to tell you, my friend... When you have the Spirit of God, when you're taught of the Spirit, you have the greatest credential for going to the Bible. The Spirit within you does not answer to the Spirit in the book. There's something wrong, isn't there? Deep calleth unto deep. There is this natural response. Now you do need instruction. You do need to uh, make yourself uh, disciplined enough to get under solid teaching, spend time in good literature. Yeah, all those things are good. But remember, you have an unction. That's the greatest thing to have. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (laughs) 